Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes podcast. There were some insane endings. Brentford bashes Blues, but lose. Kane scores finally, and we're going to talk Newcastle takeover. Gentlemen, what's up? What's hey. going on? We're we're missing a familiar voice tonight. I think Chris is still recovering from just a very disappointing road loss. <laughs> I mean, he I don't know if they've lost since he's been a fan on the road. I know that's not true, but they haven't lost. I think 29 straight Manchester United finally loses on the road in a somewhat dramatic fashion. And we're going to talk about the drama of the Manchester United Leicester match, as well as Wolves, of course. But before we do, we always start with our neophyte. And so, Kemi, you featured Watford, which um, <laughs> there probably isn't a lot to talk about, but do your damnedest. I think there's a lot to talk about if, if you have a reversible jersey or kit. It was, it, it's not that it wasn't fun, a fun match to watch it was fun uh, especially if you're a liverpool fan um they started fast and they ended fast and it looked like it was one of those where wofford maybe they just knew that they didn't have a chance but there was just little fight mm. um they looked <laughs> first goal was quick you don't have a answer for salah he's not he he had one goal, but he's facilitating or he's drawing the attention or he's putting guys on the ground. Um, he's impressive. Um, hat trick for Amino was his name. For um, Amino. Yep. It was. <laughs> I maybe I picked the wrong team to feature, but um, maybe they caught him on the probably, wrong time you just probably featured him against the wrong op- opponent we should probably okay. do a better job helping you like okay if you're going to feature watford f- feature watchford against newcastle their worst or norwich yeah <laughs> yeah no that's it's that's tough a five nil drubbing is hard to watch if it already is your team but it makes it easier that i'm not i'm not a i'm not a fan of either yet um so it was fun to watch but being that i featured wofford it was you know it is what it is yeah yeah well let's let's talk can i can i can i make a point about watford maybe we've talked about this before but they were what are what's their nickname they're the hornets Hornets? i think they've got a moose in their logo have we like (laughs) deciphered that before we have in the is past. it worth and deciphering it's, again? Or and it's not, oh gosh, we, I remember last year, it's not even a moose. I think it's a heart, oh. which is, I don't know, a, a deer, a male deer. Okay. Right. A doe, a deer, a female deer is a, is a heart, a male. But it's not a, but it's not a hornet. <laughs> no. And that is, that is quite bizarre. Right. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. it may not be worth spending more time on that, but I just think it should be noted. Confusion one interest, might one, have one interesting thing about Watford. Yeah. I wish Chris was on here. He'd probably remember more about yeah. it, but there was some, some change. They did have a Hornet for a while. And I don't, I think even their mascot's still a Hornet. So there's definitely some, some confusion. I think it, I think the heart has to do with the founding of, of the club. Um, but again, it's escaping me, which isn't too surprising because Watford, we haven't given a lot of time to. That's right. Um, but Tim, since since Liverpool's your team, there's definitely lots to talk about. We wouldn't typically feature it so much, but because it was Kemi's featured match, I do want to give you some opportunity to share about it off the clock, even I would say. Off the clock. Uh, off the oh. clock. I want to talk about a couple of things too. So uh, yeah. And so Kemi's I mean, as, me- Kemi's mentioned a, a couple things already, but yeah, as Kemi already mentioned, I mean, Firmino had a hat trick, which in any any normal game that would be by far the 
like in any normal match week, that would be the storyline that, that so anybody got a hat yeah. trick, right? It's such a rare feat in like, it doesn't happen most weekends. So, but he wasn't even the man of the match. I mean, Mo, Mo Salah is just playing out of his mind right now. He's the best in the world. Um, his goal had a lot of similarities, I would say, to last week's goal against City. Totally. Um, and in some ways, like, I saw some debate among Liverpool fans of, like, which one was actually more impressive, like, technically more impressive with his footwork and his, and his like, juking and stuff. And, like, yeah. you could make an argument that this week's was more impressive, just the opponent wasn't at the same level, right? Totally. So, context that doesn't slow-mo, matter that slow-mo video i don't know did did chris send that to us yeah yeah the way he incredible like, the way he rolls his foot over the top of the ball on that one move just to kind of move the ball mm-hmm. forward i mean it was just a thing of beauty the footwork and the, fi- the finesse of it all it's amazing yeah. so anyway i mean so really all i have to say is like liverpool needs to extend him stat um give him all the money in the world no matter what, keep him here for, I, I want to say at least five more years. Like he's 29 maybe. And in normal, is he somewhere around there? Right. I don't know. And like in normal human years <laughs> in soccer, that's like a dangerous time to be offering somebody a really lucrative extension. But um, one of the other, one of the Liverpool podcasts I listened to, they were pointing out, they kind of just mentioned passing, but like he's basically never injured, knock on wood. Yeah. You know, he plays really consistently. He doesn't miss a lot of games. Um, he's just but he's also injured. he's just almost injured if he gets like barely touched in the box. That's the only <laughs> time he's like injured. He's like almost That's injured. <laughs> no comment. Um, but he also, being a faithful Muslim, does he doesn't drink alcohol? He doesn't eat pork. He doesn't stay out late. Like I think all that stuff. Like they were making that point on the podcast, kind of just in passing. And I was like, "That's a really good point." Like when you think about the longevity of players that's that kind of those kind of like lifestyle things that he has his like convictions that lead him to like stay really healthy. Right. Like those are obviously just those, that isn't the reason why he's doing it, but um, I think there's no reason why he can't stay dominant for another five years, 10 years. Um, yeah. 10 and, maybe uh, stretch, but five. Yeah. I'd go with 10. I mean, he can be a 40 year old. Zlatan is still scoring goals at 40. So that's true. That's anyway. True. Um, that's what Liverpool need to do. They need to sign him. They need to extend him, whatever it costs. To me, as impressive as his goal was, and it was impressive, his past, his past to oh, yeah. Mane, oh, yeah. left-footed with the outside of his foot, like that, to, like I have the chills thinking about it. Like <laughs> that's how remarkable it was. Outside it of the just foot, curves. Like, to curve it around two defenders. Per, I mean, just perfectly placed. I mean, those those things are miraculous i mean he he's not really ever in like ballon or discussion um at least like towards the yeah. top you know because yeah. for so long messi ronaldo and then i think wasn't he that year when he scored when he set the premier like record with 32 goals i mean he had 32 goals and 10 assists that year i want to say he was in the conversation that year is that the year that they won um that was that was his first season so no so i wasn't around so yeah yeah i think he was he was at least in the conversation if not a finalist but you're right since then he hasn't been yeah so i think i mean he's just the the things he's doing right now are pretty spectacular so i think he's gonna he'll he'll be in he'll be in the discussion for sure and one of the other things that i've heard Liverpool fans talking about because there's such a debate right about like the team has a strategy that's worked and they've brought in players they they're not Manchester United and bringing in the top the top dollar players they're bringing in guys who, like Salah was thrown off the scrap heap I mean he didn't materialize he didn't do much with um with Chelsea he bounced around a little bit when they brought him in it was kind of like really this guy like he's he hasn't proven himself in the Premier League um and there's so many players like that that Liverpool has brought in. And um, so so extending a player for total, like, top dollar is just not something Liverpool has been doing. But this has got to be the exception to that. They've got to do it. And I think the whole team around him was like, pay him twice as much as you pay us. Pay him three <laughs> times as much as you pay us. We want him 
up there scoring goals and making when, those kinds of passes. When is his contract up? You're speaking as if is his contract. I think it's the end of the year. Seriously. Or maybe he has one more year. Yeah. But it, whatever the, whatever it is, it's like the matter of, of discussion right now that they're like, I think his agent just said, hey, we're ready to open talks, that kind of thing. So got it. Well, but it's coming up. If it's well, not, if it's not the end of this year, it's the end of the next one. Yeah. Well, while we're on the Liverpool Watford discussion still, um, I do have an answer. And I now I remember it's because uh Watford is in Hertfordshire. And so they go with the heart, heart. the male deer. Oh. It still doesn't explain the hornet situation, but at least that explains the, the heart on their chest. But I guess the Wolverhampton Wanderers are in a similar boat as well. Yes. They go by wolves when they they have a nickname. Yeah. The Wanderers that doesn't factor in. That's right. And that's a perfect segue into two, well, one of the most insane endings I've seen as, as a Wolves fan, we had a, we had a win four, three victory over, over Lester, which I guess was before I was a fan. So actually that was in my first season, but that was a, that was the match that I was watching featuring Wolves. And it was so exciting, such an epic like match. It really, really kicked Wolverhampton to the front. But since then, I don't know. Beating Man City 2-0 a few years ago with two Traore goals. That's another match that stands out to me. But this, this, this one, I mean, from being down 2-0 to our Derby rival uh, in the 80th minute to come back and win 3-2 was just remarkable. And that Manchester United match was on at the same time. So I'm watching, I'm watching in the top corner because my match was on MSNBC or not MSNBC, uh, NBC sports. Um, this is like one of those frustrating things about Peacock, right? Like we, we don't talk about Peacock a lot on here. I tweet about Peacock a lot because it's such a shit show, but on NBC sports, they'll have like the scores in the corner. They kind of cycle through. And I think Peacock doesn't have anything like it's a, it's a mess, but I was watching Manchester United. I was just watching the score was like changing every minute. I even tweeted, I think you, or texted you guys in our group text, like what in the hell is happening over there, Chris, in your match? Well, at the same time that that was happening over Manchester United, Leicester, uh, Wolves mount this furious comeback. And we talked a lot at the beginning of the season, first three matches against three quality opponents. Wolves end up with no points, even though like XG or all these other kind of determining factors, Wolves should have scored some, got some points, got some results from those first three matches. And I think, I think for the most part, sports end up equaling themselves out. Um, and the quality rises to the top or teams that maybe are overperforming will drop. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing with Wolves because to be honest, the last two matches against Newcastle and this one against Villa, I'm not sure we deserve to win. And yet we got six points out of it. So it kind of feels like maybe a bit of retribution after those first three matches. So um, yeah, but Wolves have won, Wolves have won three in a row, um, which is super helpful. Um, but to get to those goals, so Wolves are down two nothing. Um um, and really wolves looked pretty poor. Most of the match, um, they brought Podence and, uh, Fabio Silva on late in the match. Podence was really a game changer. He's Treori like, like he's got a lot of, he, he just wreaks havoc and he came on and is a good change of pace and started wreaking havoc back there. Um, first goal was just this this great pass by Neves to Podence who's making a run towards the right uh, post. And then Podence just crosses it over to, to size coming in uh, for the first goal, second goal office, I think off a corner um, kind of Kilman comes in, heads it off the post. You think it's going in, he heads it off the post. Then it kind of batters around a little bit ball gets to Traore Traore just makes this great little pass over the top 
um, to Dendonker. Dendonker kind of fires it over. There's a melee of bodies. Co- Connor Cody, I think Roman Sice is there again, and it goes in off Cody. I mean, <laughs> really kind of not really a shot on goal, but a goal nonetheless. So that pulls us even. Um, and then in the, the 95th minute, uh, I think Trey Ray again drew a foul just outside the box. Neves sets up, tries to put a shot into the upper right corner around the, the wall, and it bounces off of um, Targent. Keepers go into his left, bounces off the Targent, and goes into the left side of the net for the, the, the winner against our rivals. So just an amazing, amazing win again, probably shouldn't have won it. Um, really some pretty poor play, I would say, but you take the three points and it was, it was very exciting. Yeah. Nine points in three matches. Yeah. Some nice momentum up to, up to 10th in the league table, which is great. Um, which is what we needed to do. We knew like we started the season off tough and then we had like a, a run of winnable matches or at least matches we should get a lot of points on. And we've, other than the Brentford loss, um, we've managed to, to do that because we have, we actually have four wins out of five with the Brentford loss thrown in there. So, um, and then the other match with a crazy amount of goals right at the end was, was Leicester Manchester United. Um, I didn't see it because I was watching wolves, but, uh, from, from what I've been able to discern afterwards and, uh, watching some of the highlights, it sounds like Manchester United's back line was pretty, pretty poor. Um, some pretty bad defending, just not switched on. It looked like, and, a crazy slew of goals right at the end there back and forth um, with, with Lester pulling out the four, two, four, two victory. United are in trouble. Yeah. I I think that's, I mean, they started out so, so hot. Right. And they looked at, they looked like they were having so much fun and they were, you know, Pogba and Fernandez and, and then they bring in Ronaldo and that was like, they look, they look really out of sorts. And now they're talking about Ole's job security. Of course. That's where it always goes to. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer. We're not getting Chris's perspective tonight, sure, but yeah. um, I think there's definitely something wrong and it seems to be mostly with the back, the back line. Um, Harry Maguire, Chris seemed to be pretty critical in, in our texting back and forth. Um that Maguire was Lester's best player. I think he said, he said at some point. Um, and so I just think, yeah, something's going on. Something's going on with them ship. They're shipping a lot of goals. So yeah, for sure. I think for Lester though, like this is a super important win for them. Um, it moves them up to 11th. Um, they, after really tough, tough start, have drawn their have drawn two and and now this win over Manchester United, uh, five points in their last three matches has helped kind of get them mid table again, which obviously isn't where they want to be, but this could be the start of something good for them, hopefully to to get them back up up the table a little bit. And then with, with Manchester United, who knows? And, and we'll spe- I want to ask you guys in, in a few minutes about the table. But before we go there, um, Chelsea, uh, Brentford. Brentford continues to just be the darling of the Premier League. Um, and it seems like they should have won. I mean, it's hard to say should have won or should have got a point. But... Um, they had 17 shots, seven on goal. <laughs> Mendy played out of his mind. Uh, Chelsea with five shots and only one on goal. And it was the, the game, the match winner. Um, I mean, this Brentford team just continues to, to play well against all, against all teams, right? Like 
they're undaunted. No matter who they're facing, they have every belief in themselves that they can that they can win. I mean, I think the comments before the game from the manager uh, Thomas Frank was saying like, "We can get we can get a result, right? Like we can we can draw." Was kind of what he was going for. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't know it by the way they were playing. They weren't playing for a draw. They were going all out, and they, yeah, very well could have won. Very well, arguably should have won against yeah. a very good Chelsea side. Well, yeah, not just a very good, the the table leaders, right? Like this is the, they're the number one team in the league. We don't need to mention that. Well, we should and uh, <laughs> and we will. And we should mention Mendy. I, Mendy was yeah, a game sure. changer for them. He came over, I think, in, in January of last year, um, took over for Kepa. Was it last year or two years ago? I think it's been two years ago. Maybe two years ago. Um But when when he ever since he's come in, he's been he's been great for them. Um, uh, just a great shot stopper and it's really saved the game for them. So um, he's so cool under pressure too, right? In a game like that against Brentford, there's so much pressure on him all the time, and he just keeps his composure, doesn't get rattled. Yeah, there's there's a reason I know this stat because I looked, I was looking up a different stat that we'll get to later on, but yeah, he, he leads the league in save percentage, 96%, 25 shots on target against and only 23 goals. Wow. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive by him. Where does that put him among other keepers? Oh, he's number one by, by a long shot. He's number two, but we'll get to that in a second. He's number one for for qualifying keepers, but okay. in a few minutes we'll get to who who's got a hundred percent save rate. But um, then I guess I should throw out really quickly that Jose saw the Wolves goalkeeper is fourth in the league with an eighty percent save rate. So not bad, not bad at all. With a lot of the uh, a lot of putbacks this weekend, a lot of missiles. It was uh, any save from this weekend was impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we going to talk about who the other top four, five are? Is Allison in there? Um, Allison is not. Um, Allison is sixth with 71.4. Um, is Kelleher, Kelleher the one you mentioned or you alluded to? Because he just he, he presided over a clean sheet. No, it's, it's, more, it's more tongue in cheek, but I'll, I'll we'll get to it when we get to. I don't want to okay. skip I don't want to spoil it. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Robert Sanchez, who is Brighton's keeper, has an 83% save percentage. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale, who has taken over for Arsenal for the last five matches, he has 81%. Jose Saw at 80%. And Pickford, 77. That rounds out the top five. And then, like we mentioned, Allison is, is number six. So, got it. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to spend a little time talking about, uh, we can maybe talk about the match, Tottenham, Newcastle. Um, I think, Tim, you said you watched it mostly because you're curious to see how Newcastle would do. But the big news of the week is that Newcastle finally sold. Newcastle has been a team that we have strongly encouraged our neophytes not to support because of their ownership situation. <laughs> Um, I think we can endorse them in some, like, we need to advocate about against them for very different reasons. There's <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's so much complexity to it, but I think they are a team we can now from like, just straight, like, you know, the ownership is going to invest money. They're a classic team in a classic space with a classic stadium venue, they are like able to be endorsed. Now the challenge, right. Is that who owns them and what, how, how does that play out? Tim, what are your, what are your thoughts? And Kemi, I'm not sure if you know, Kemi, do you know much about what happened this week with the group that bought Newcastle? I don't, I just, uh, know that i it was a newcastle tottenham yeah yeah i just know that i love tottenham's purple kits but 
No, I don't know. <laughs> Love him. All right, Tim's not a fan. Tim, what are your thoughts? What are you? Yeah, yeah. So, so it was an in, it's an investment group from Saudi Arabia that okay. is that is owned and run by the state of Saudi Arabia, basically. Like the crown prince runs the thing. So it's like it's a nation state buying buying a, a problem a problematic nation state buying a team in England. Well, and the Premier League wouldn't say that. You're saying that because I think it had to pass. They're not allowed, yeah, like, but yeah, but I mean, that's what's crazy, but that's what right? it is. Is mm-hmm. they're saying that somehow it passed these rules that the Premier League has that a, a, a country, a nation state, cannot own a Premier League team. And so, so they, so they set up a fund that is run by the state to, to get that, around uh, that rule and run the by the Crown Prince himself and a shell corporation. I don't know. I don't know if there is a difference. Yeah. I don't think I know enough about shell corporations to comment, but yeah. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's basically, um, it's basically Saudi Arabia is, is buying Newcastle as a PR piece for mm. their country. Kind of, kind of like what, um, uh, what is it? Um, United Arab, Arab Emirates. Could, what did Qatar, Qatar is uh, PSG. Did we say Qatar is PSG? Qatar might be PSG, but then um, Man City is um, UAE. United Arab Emirates, right? Uh-huh. Arab Emirates. Um, so it's this trend of like, of basically, you know, they figure out a workaround, but it's basically countries buying Premier League or big European clubs, and they just have limit limitless money. None of them are doing that. None of them are doing this um, to to get wealthier they're doing it for image it seems right like i mean this group what did we see their 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 net worth is like 13 times greater than cities six i think 36 billion is the network worth of the the principles of the fund and they can throw that at the team well, they'll yes be under, no. they'll be under financial fair play regulations, which but I don't again, totally City, understand. City got in hot water for breaking those rules and then got away with. It. I mean, it seems like they got away with it. The rule, they, the ruling was that they had not broken the rules. So yeah. So we'll so there see. will be there will be some semblance of constraints. They won't just be able to instantly field the the best team in the world there will be some constraints but uh, but i did see that but it radically the, changes the face of the premier league i mean for sure i did city, see city was Ash. never in the just say one more thing city was never in the conversation about like top clubs until a a nation state a petro nation state took them over and so the fact that this one is that much more lavishly wealthy than the group that took over city it's like if, if they if they're not idiots about signing players and how they run things they'll they'll be winning titles in a few yeah. years yeah they so. should, i mean really they they probably should and yeah the one of the things that might it might happen sooner than later is one of the things i read is that mike ashley the former owner was such a tight ass that he actually had profited the last few years yeah. for for newcastle and that's a part of the financial fair play algorithm that if you, yep. if you don't lose money, you can spend more. So the fact that he's, I think other than last year, and they look at the previous three years. So they didn't, I don't know if anyone made money last year, but the previous two years he'd made money. And so it puts him in a, in a stronger spending position, I presume as soon as January. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this first window and if they splash a whole bunch of cash right away or not. I think it's still very possible that they get relegated though, because January transfers don't tend to have an immediate game changing effect. And so yeah. where they're at now, they have three points yeah. down there with Burnley. They can turn some things around and maybe the boost of, of knowing what's coming will, you know, help them play better. But, yeah, it could get worse for them before it gets better, but it could. And and that that they'll have far greater restraint restrictions if they're a championship club. Um, yeah. I think they can't spend as much either. So so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Um, 
the other news out of that match is that Harry Kane finally scored. Yeah. Harry Kane finally scored. Yeah, he did. And he also, did he set up Sun or Sun set him up? I'm trying to remember. But either way, I think I think he set Sun up. So that that Kane Sun connection is back. Yeah. There was also a wild moment. I actually only got to watch the first half of that game and then I had to go, but there was a wild, a wild um they they interrupted the game because somebody had had a heart attack. It sounds like a fan had a heart attack and some of the players noticed the commotion and stopped the game, pulled they pulled the players off and like the players were getting them their the team's medical staff to rush across to the other side to go attend to them. It sounds like the person's okay and stable, but it was wild to see. It was just a couple, uh, I want to say a couple months ago, I was watching the Brazil Argentina match. And when it was like interrupted five minutes in because of like COVID restrictions and the health officials from Brazil were yeah. on the field. And uh, anyway, so it was just wild. Like besides those two, I can't remember a game just being interrupted and players pulled off the field like that. You know what I mean? Obviously yeah. these are two very different occurrences, but um, hopefully that person's okay. And, um, it seems like everyone handled it really well. And just how, like to think of the players being that attentive to what was going on in the stands to, to get the officials attention, to stop the game, to rush medical attention there, uh, totally. to them for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's just take a look at the table for a few minutes. I think, um, Chelsea, we mentioned, top a table with Liverpool closely behind Liverpool. The only team who still hasn't lost, they just happen to have more draws than, than Chelsea. So uh, Liverpool at number two city at three, and then surprisingly still Brighton hanging in there at four, their goal differential away from uh, Tottenham who sit at five and then Manchester United, as we talked about sitting at six, um what anything stand out to you anything interesting um when you when you kind of take a gaze at the table i mean i think i think um united remains a big wild card like so chelsea liverpool and city are in that order right now in the top top three and i think i would still expect united to end up in the top four I don't yeah. think brighton has this staying power i i would love to see them play in europe i'd love to see them get one of the fifth sixth spots um but it is i mean it's pretty you know it's those top three i think several a few of us picked them to be the top three i had yep. united fourth um i mean it's and then some of and then you go scroll to the bottom of the table and it's pretty predictable down there right like i don't think any of us picked leads to be that yeah leads bad. maybe they're the big disappointment yeah um but then, you know, Villa at 13 up through, you know, West Ham at seventh. I think there will be a lot of shuffling that happens there. Yeah, I think what, so one of the things that surprised me, there's four, there are four teams who haven't lost in their last five matches. Um, Liverpool, City, Brighton. But then the fourth one is Arsenal. I think we forget yeah. Arsenal was so far down the table near relegation zone after three matches um, that they put a nice little steady run of form together, you know, them and them and Wolverhampton both, I think um, have captured some of the most amount of points outside of the kind of top four teams um, over the last few weeks. So lots, lots still to lots still to come. We're only eight games in 30, 30 left, Kemi 30 matches left. Come <laughs> on, they're gonna start Bring coming, coming fast pretty soon. There was only one two and three games a week. There was only one red card this weekend, and it was to, I think probably. So we've 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 talked about Kyle Walker, Trissard, some of these guys who just look like jerks. The person who got the red card this week. I think maybe the worst human in the premier league. His name is John Joe Shelby. 
John Joe Shelby. Tim, do you know anything about John Joe? I don't know anything about him. I'm really intrigued to hear why you think he's the worst human in the Premier League. That's oh, John Joe Shelby. Well, first I off, did you, see the, did you see the two yellows that he got? I didn't know. Okay. Or I didn't see the second one, at least, came in the second half. If you so they both were like kind of, you know, I used to trip kids in, in junior high, like you walk behind them, kick their leg, kick their back leg out, you know, and make them trip. Was I hypothetically the one tripping or being tripped? I'll let you. I'll let okay. you share <laughs> how much you wanted to divulge. <laughs> so uh, both of his fouls were just dirty, like just mm-hmm. dirty, kicking the back leg out from a guy. I mean, in some ways, probably the first one could have been a red if they really wanted to. But uh, both of them just malicious. But he... And I know this because the, he, the history is with wolves, but he used like a racial slur against Roman Saiz uh, uh, a few years ago and got a five game suspension for it. Oh, wow. So this guy, he, I mean, bald. I mean, he looks like a skinhead. He might actually be a skinhead. Like, I don't know. But John Joe Shelby with a red this week captain of of chris's kyle walker um guys we don't like because of how they look but that leads us to american watch which i said we wouldn't do until something significant happens and you caused something significant to happen i yes i caused it and the significant thing to happen is that zach stefan Got the start for Manchester City this weekend in goal. Yeah, he did. And led them to a clean sheet. And so Zach Steffen leads the Premier League with a 100% save percentage. Two shots on goal, two shots saved. Zach Steffen. I didn't do enough research to find out if anyone has a better 100%, like if they save three. (laughs) But we don't need to because Zach Steffen, uh, the greatest goalkeeper in the Premier League. I mean, right up there with Kelleher, right, for Liverpool. He's our right backup up. keeper. I, I don't think he'll – unless he played earlier in the season and allowed a goal that I forgot about. But because of the travel rules um, with the international break, Allison wasn't back yet. And uh, so he stepped in and – and uh got a clean sheet love it love it i'm gonna i'm gonna find out so let's just put him in a tie with with the american hero zach stefan yes i mean this is this is american i don't know where kelleher not sure where kelleher is is from germany maybe it sounds like probably um but this isn't german watch this is american watch so we're gonna just leave kelleher out unfortunately Oh yes, I found it. He only had one save. So oh, okay, there, there it is. <laughs> he sits behind the great American Zach Steffen. Okay. Um, but with great praise must also come great shame in this America watch. Oh. Great shame. Because our very own Josh Sargent misses a wide open net for goal. Did you guys see this? No. Oh, you guys, I can't believe you didn't see it. I mean, I can because it was um it was the Norwich match. So, um I'm not sure many people of us were watching Norwich and Brighton. But Sergeant the ball comes in, keeper comes out, Brighton's keeper comes out, Sergeant kind of dances around him and has no one in front of goal, but he just doesn't kick, he doesn't strike it hard enough. He just kind of strikes it and it it's on target, it's going to go in, but one of the Brighton defenders just comes running from behind and kicks it away. I mean, it's so sad, so sad. So we got to take the good with the bad here on American watch, but um, for unfortunately, Josh Sargent is in the bad. So 
the future greatest striker in the world is just not that yet. Just not yet. Well, he'll probably be in the championship next year, unfortunately for him. He'll probably transfer out of there. It'll just make his story that much more incredible that when he materializes. Better. And he does actually have nice, nice red hair, nice curly mop of red hair on top. Yeah, he does. But the person who does not have hair is uh, Agbona for West Ham. And I just, he scored, he scored, I think the game winner for West Ham off a set piece. Um, and it stood out to me because it did make me realize that there are not a lot of straight up bald players in the Premier League. I mean, he's got a shiny, shiny bald head. Like he's shaving it on match day. He's bicking it on match day. Um, but I, am I missing anyone? You'll uh, Hair matters so much to these guys that I think some of them hold on too long. You'll get the receding hairline kind of bad hair. Um, but am I missing? And John He's, Joe Shelby, who we I just was to say about. the aforementioned Shelby. Yeah. Can you I think feel like there have to, I feel like there have to be a lot more, but I'm drawing a blank at the moment. I was wondering why it stood out to me so much. And that was part of it is I feel like there's not a ton of just straight bald, uh, Premier League players out there. I guess Lacazette. Lacazette's bald, but he hasn't always been bald. Fabinho for Liverpool. He's he he picks it. Does he? Yeah. Okay, there's a couple guys out there. Well, there's not a lot. There's not a lot though. And most of them are black. If they are. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Except for Shelby. But he does it for different reasons. <laughs> We're speculating here. <laughs> well, yes. But um, goal of the week, I think we've already kind of kind of mentioned it, but I think Mo Salah, again, with just that fancy footwork to work out of three or four defenders, just, just remarkable. Celebration of the week. I didn't, I didn't have one. I didn't, there wasn't something that stood out to me. Did you see anything, Kenny? Single uh, Arsenal. I can't say his last name. Aubameyang? There it is. Just a picturesque front flip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an Aubameyang. We haven't seen that from him in a long time. The more difficult of the flips. Yeah. I think he's from Gabon. Is that where he's from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see him scoring again because he it is. when he's scoring, he is so much fun to watch. I mean, it was yeah. a layup, but he got it. He got it, and he got the it front counts. Play. You got to yeah. score him. Yeah, I didn't talk about that in talking about the Wolves match, but Treore had another just remarkable run through like six defenders, and then fired it right at the keeper. So, but still love me Treore. Well, let's do a little lock it in review. Um, a lot of the same happening. Kemi, thank you for picking Villa over Wolves. That was wrong. Uh, <laughs> that drops you to two and six. Just All barely right. behind Chris, who picked United over Leicester. He's at three and five. Tim took Liverpool over Watford. That moves him to six and two. And I took Chelsea over Brentford and remain perfect at eight and no. Um, eight and nil, as we should eight, say, eight and nil. <laughs> uh, Kemi, who are you taking this weekend? Uh, featuring or no, who are you taking for lock it in? My lock it in. Oh, I've got Liverpool over United this week. Mm, Chris will be happy about that pick. Do you love it, Tim? I love he it. Is, he is two and six, though. It's a little gutsy, but I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Chris took City over Brighton. Tim, who are you taking? Um, it pains me to say I'm taking Everton, but it's over Wofford. So I feel okay about that. I think that's good. I am taking – I'm not left with much, but it's proven to be okay. I, but uh, I am taking West Ham over Spurs. 
Spurs are in fifth. Watford or West Ham is in sixth. Um, Tim, you and I were talking about this uh, in regards to baseball, where run differential sometimes uh, when you see a run differential mid-season, it could mean bright things for a team if maybe they're not showing up on the board where you or in the standings where you'd expect. And I think the Braves were a team that I had noticed or mid season that had a super high run differential and were uh, in third place in their division. Yeah. And now they're up to zero in the national league championship series. I bring all that baseball talk up to mention that those Spurs are in uh, fifth place. They have a negative three goal differential and so it'll be interesting to see how some of that shakes out as the season goes on a team like you know tottenham with negative three they may end up falling further united's got a plus six they probably should be higher on the table um so it'll be be interesting to see how that plays out the longer things go kemi who are you taking this week who are you going to watch Give me everything I need to know about West Ham. Westham? <laughs> no, it actually Whopper is. It actually is two Funny words. Enough, it actually is West Ham. <laughs> okay, West Ham. It is West Ham. Uh, West Ham is a London team. Okay. So they, they're a London team. They, in some ways, like with my background in uh central and eastern europe i really should love this team and i do have a little bit of a a love for them but uh they have three czech players on their team they have uh so check so fall and just in this last uh transfer window they brought in a guy crawl which is the czech word for king which is pretty sweet but uh, they have three checks. They have a Polish keeper, Fabianski, um, and those aren't even their best players. Uh, Mikel Antonio, who we've talked about quite incredible. a bit, um, is incredible. He's having a great season. He's staying healthy. I think he has five goals and three assists, if I remember correctly. He's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, also, I don't know how to say his name totally, but Ben Rama, Saeed. Ben Rama, yeah, uh, another great. He scored a couple goals this season. He's really good. West Ham was a surprising team last year. They um, they ended up finishing in Europa positioning. I don't remember if they finished fifth or sixth, but they're in Europa right now. I expected them to have a down season because it's quite a quite a challenge to play a full Premier League season plus. Europa on top of it, but they're in sixth right now. Um, they are managed by a guy named David Moyes. Uh, he's Scottish. He's a delight to listen to and is really a great, is really a great manager and has done a great job with that club. Um, they play at uh, London stadium um, I don't know too much about the stadium. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a newer stadium. Um, so it doesn't have kind of that iconic look to it as some of the older stadiums have their nicknames are the hammers West ham. They've got those hammers on the, on their crest. They're all, they also are called the irons, which I'm not totally sure where that comes from. We, uh, we're going to talk about the bubbles, right? We should, but we should also, Kemi, you have to figure out a way to get this match on as early as possible. Like you need to see the players walk out onto the pitch, whatever you need to do. I'm not sure where, what station it's on. So you might not be able to, but keep your eye out for the bubbles. I think I remember you guys talking about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, do we say more about it? I just, I don't know. I think just watch for the bubbles. I'll experience it. Watch for the bubbles and pay attention to Mikel Antonio. Those are two separate things, okay. not related. Okay. But I'll have a report next week. 
Sounds good. Uh, and who who are they playing actually? Please don't be Liverpool again. Oh, they play Spurs. So they're at home against Spurs. So Kemi, that should be that should be a really good match to watch. And if you have time midday on Thursday, they also play in Europa. So if by chance at noon on, on Thursday, you want to see them play against Gank. Gank of what? I'm assuming uh, Gank. Is that Austria or Belgium? Where is that? Anyone know? No idea. No, I, I, that's a that's the first time I've heard those letters used in that sequence before. Gank, gank. They're they're sounds Belgian. Like Belgian, yeah, that sounds about right. So, Tim, I wonder, how Belgians, pronu- I wonder how Belgians pronounce the word gank. Yeah, probably not the way we do. Probably more elegantly than Americans do. I'm sure. I don't think of anything else. Mikel Antonio, though, I can't say it enough. He's so much fun to watch. So much energy, so much. I mean, he scored so many goals, gets lots of assists. He's just, he's, their, uh, he's so much fun. How are their fans? They're bubbly. <laughs> we'll find out. You'll find That's out. Kinda, it's been a thing for me. I like, I like fan interaction yeah. and participation. Yeah, it'll be good that you're watching a home match. That'll be good. I think James Corden. I'm pretty sure James Corden is a West Ham fan. So. Well, we're a fan of his in the house. Well, my kids are a fan of his in the house. So. Oh, they are? (laughs) Your kids like James Corden? They love the the crosswalk. That's super. Not not his late night stuff so much, but his daytime stuff. There we go. There we go. Well, maybe they'll enjoy watching the hammers. Gentlemen, that's all I've got. Any last words? Nothing. Nothing. Except for that. Except for that. Just a crying baby. Well, there's nothing better than finishing than uh, a crying toddler. Also, the kid saying Glazers out. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, guys. I'll talk to you guys. Adios. Later. All right.